The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, Beware that your hearts do not become drowsy from carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of daily life, and that day catch you by surprise like a trap. For that day will assault everyone who lives on the face of the earth. Be vigilant at all times, and pray that you have the strength to escape the tribulations that are imminent and to stand before the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. What a remarkable expression the Lord puts before us today. Be careful that your hearts do not become drowsy. And just linger with that moment of what it is to feel drowsy. Not to be asleep, but to want to sleep. Not to be asleep, but everything about you is inclining to sleep. Don't let your hearts become drowsy. That's different from saying sluggish. That's different from saying indifferent, because it implies a certain momentum to the heart, a momentum, as we know, that leads to the pillow, that leads to the bed. I'm not there yet, but I'm tending to it. And if I'm drowsy at work, I want to put my head down on the desk. But note that drowsiness has a momentum to it. Be careful that your hearts do not become drowsy. Not asleep, but tending towards sleep. Regardless of what else I have to do, I'm tending towards sleep. And then he says, because of carousing and drunkenness, I'm not going to ask you what you did over Thanksgiving. And yet, how interesting. Let not an over-celebratory and over-indulgent way of living. Curiously, what we culturally would consider high-energy living, and what does the Lord say? Don't let that produce drowsiness in your heart. And again, if we're honest, most of us, if we've been alive a few years, have had that experience of high-energy living coming to a crash at a certain point, where for the next day or two, nobody wants to move. And there's a desire after all of the festivities to simply seek out the bed and to stay in the bed. And the tendency is toward the pillow. But then he goes on. He goes on. On the one hand, that sort of makes sense. But then he says, and the anxieties of daily living. And this is where we need to pay attention. 
First, the Lord gives us that remarkable example that we understand. Too much carousing, too much drunkenness is going to do you no good. And we know that. But then he says, and the anxieties of daily living, the mechanics of just getting by, the mechanism of every day will also do that to you. And here we want to take him very, very seriously. Because as much as we find ourselves celebrating the goodness of ordinary life, and on Thanksgiving being grateful for the blessings of ordinary life, what does the Lord say? Hidden in ordinary life is also that which, if we're not careful, inclines us to the pillow the spiritual pillow. We find ourselves so preoccupied by these things that without even realizing it, simply by attending to them, we become exhausted. The energy gets sapped out of us. The vigor of our spiritual limbs dissipates. And it becomes hard to pray because my mind is going in so many other directions. It becomes hard to rest in peace because my heart is so preoccupied by so many things. And curiously, we have that experience of the sleepless night where so much runs through our thinking and runs through our emotions. And on the one hand, we're awake and we have this curious degree of energy. And what happens the next day after that night of preoccupation? Oh, I so need a nap. I so need the pillow. I so need to rest. And note how the Lord is speaking. That there are ways of celebrating. There are ways of engaging life that begin with much energy and in the end leave us with none. But then there is also the simple business of living, which also drains us, which also sucks the energy right out of us. And what does the Lord say? In that drowsiness, when we become habitually drowsy, regularly drowsy, the day of his coming will catch us completely unaware and unready. Not because we don't want to be ready, but instead of looking for him, we've been looking for the pillow. What a remarkable statement that is. You know, and it's very carefully chosen that we end the year on a note where the Lord says, don't become drowsy. And tomorrow, during our liturgy on the first Sunday of Advent, we're going to hear St. Paul saying, wake up. Note how the end of the year pours into the beginning of the year. That there is a need to rouse ourselves to wakefulness that we'll hear tomorrow. But today we hear Jesus saying, don't do those things that make you fall asleep in the first place. I shouldn't have to say wake up, because you should be awake. And note 
the importance of the wakefulness, that you might have the strength, he says, to stand before the Son of Man when he comes. And again, this cuts against the grain of how we frequently talk, to, talk about Jesus and think about Jesus in terms that are merely safe for us. And here he says in that chilling expression, this day, this day of my coming will assault everyone. Note what he doesn't say. It will come upon you like a gentle breeze and you will feel the peace of my arrival. Notice what he doesn't say. It will be a source of consolation and immediate joy because you will see me and you'll know I'm your friend. Boy, we'd like that, wouldn't we? And our hearts in their drowsiness convince themselves that's how it's going to be. Jesus is good. Jesus is nice. Jesus is kind. Jesus is gentle. And he is all those things. But he's not just those things. And so in the day of his arrival and its fullness, there is going to be that which does confront us there is going to be that which calls us to an accounting. There is going to be that which comes to set aside what is wicked and what drains the goodness out of life. And he comes to do away with those things, not to indulge them, not to take him with him, but to do away with those things. And so note all of our hearts in some way are going to have difficulty standing before him because our hearts are sin-clouded, sin-afflicted. Our hearts are sluggish. Our hearts are indifferent. We have those dark corners that we don't want any light shining into. And it takes a certain strength and it takes a certain courage and it takes a certain holy boldness to be willing to step forward carrying that to that one whose light dispels all darkness, to that one whose goodness is clouded with no selfishness, to that one whose love burns with an unrelenting flame, we who are so called. And note the sluggish heart, the drowsy heart, is the heart that doesn't want to move. It's the heart that says, I know this could be really good for me, but what I really want to do is sleep. And that happens to us, doesn't it? There are opportunities, there are things I could do with my day. Oh, but the bed. I need the bed. I go to, life is... Life in its goodness is unfolding around me. The bright sun of day is burning in the sky, but I need the bed. I don't have the strength to walk out into the sunlight and meet the day. Note that expression, pray that you have the strength to stand before the Son of Man. Note how that works and how beautifully he picks up on the idea of the drowsy one doesn't have the strength to stand in front of anybody. Doesn't have the strength to stand up and meet goodness. Doesn't have the strength to truly rejoice because I need the bed. 
And the Lord says, this happens to our hearts. And the heart that is overwhelmed and overcome by drowsiness, even as I arrive in the fullness of my glory, it's still curiously longing for the bed. It's not strong enough to step forward. It's not strong enough to stand. Be careful about that and pray for that strength because it is the wakeful heart, the watchful heart, the vigilant heart that will stand and even step forward as I arrive. And it will come with whatever woundedness it has and present that woundedness to me so that I can heal it. It will come as I call and it will move. And it won't say, I'll get to that tomorrow, Lord, but I'm really tired today. Imagine how different the history of salvation would be if when the angel Gabriel came to Nazareth and brought his message to the Virgin Mary, she yawned and said, let me sleep on that, Lord. The Word being made flesh, that's wonderful. Can we do that tomorrow? I am so spent. Could you imagine? Gabriel comes and says, Hail, full of grace. And, oh, is somebody talking to me? Imagine how different. Imagine how different. This is what's at stake because the day of the Lord comes for everyone. The day of the Lord comes personally and individually for each of us. There will be that day. There will be that moment when the day of the Lord comes for you and comes for me. And there is also that great moment where the day of the Lord comes for the entire universe. And the universe needs to be ready. All of us need to be ready. Humanity needs to be ready. But within that movement, each of us too needs to be ready. How important the readings that we have here today then really are as we stand on the doorstep of Advent. That great season where we prepare ourselves not simply to celebrate the Christmas holy days, we do that, but we do that by preparing ourselves for that great meeting with the king who has already come and been born. We're not preparing for the birth of Jesus through Advent. We're preparing to celebrate the fact that the king has been born. The king has lived among us. The king has won his victory and we prepare to celebrate the anniversary of him first showing the light of his face to the world. But we do that because we are waiting for him to come in an even more glorious way and to show that full and glorious light of his face to the entire world all at once, not in secret, at night, but from one end of the sky to the other in a brilliant blaze of goodness. We wait for that.
And so note how as well our year comes to an end with that reading from the book of Revelation. And how this description of the new city is a city that has no longer any need for lamps. No longer any need for stars and the moon. No longer even any need for the sun to shed light and be its warmth. Because of the luminosity of the Lord and his Father. And the luminosity, the light, the brightness that marks the lives of all of those that are redeemed. Imagine that. Night is meaningless because there is so much light about you. There's no such thing as dark for you anymore. Imagine that. This is what we prepare for. This is what we wait for. But when the eyelids are heavy and I'm tending toward the pillow, the last thing I want is the bright light of day. The last thing I'm looking for is anything that's going to keep me awake. The last thing I'm looking for is to receive light because drowsiness makes me want to close my eyelids that the darkness can cover my vision and I can fall asleep away from my cares, away from my concerns, away from everything. Because let's be honest, when we're really tired, when we really want to sleep, we don't want anything else. All that matters is that darkness settling over our eyes and that emptiness filling our minds and our bodies not feeling a thing except the mattress and the pillow. And it's such a subtle trap for the heart to desire that. And the Lord, the Lord wants to stress, the heart is made for more than that. And there is a need to be vigilant, a need to be careful, a need to keep ourselves animated with the real energy of a true and holy wakefulness. Because what we really need is not the darkness of more sleep, but the bright light of his glory. How good it is, then, that we can conclude our year with that important reminder. We will hear now over the next four weeks of Advent the need to turn from darkness toward the light. But note how wonderfully the Lord already sets us up for that. Shake your hearts free of those things that make you want to fall asleep in the dark so that when the light comes, you're strong enough to step out and meet it. And we have dress rehearsal in just a couple minutes. Because the same Lord Jesus is going to be here. It is not the day of his coming in the full brightness of his glory, but it is his day, and we are here. And even though our eyes will not see in the consecrated host the blazing light of an infinity of suns, oh, but that's here. The light of his face shines on us here in this place where we gather. And what do we have to do? We have to be strong enough to get up 
and come forward and meet him when he comes. How absolutely wonderful. And in doing so, we receive into our hearts that strength which can allow us to maintain our wakefulness, not just today, but even every day until he comes. Amen.